welcome to the episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. I am Triforsad. Joining me today is Wario Will. Welcome to May, everybody, ladies and gents. Yeah, today we're already almost through summer, and we're on the road to... Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. Nope. There's no E3 this year. I forgot. <laughs> I know. Oh, boy. I know. It's it's a time of uncertainty, Well, but there is one thing we can be certain of, and that is, hey, who's the host of NEP? It's gonna be May. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I can also say I've never made that joke on this show before. I don't. I, I'm 99% sure I've never done that. But oh well. I know Tyler wants me to go bye bye bye, but he I will not. <laughs> it's it's my family. Has, right, nice, I know I know my family has a very curious history with NSYNC. But for now, here's Tyler's Tyler. Wait, what? Your family has a very curious history with NSYNC. Yes. Does anybody know any members of NSYNC? Is there, well, it's more like the... my sister was their like one of their biggest fans. You know, she was one of the, the nine, one of those '90s girls. You know, like oh, they're fawning all over. Right. My mom got into it and actually like learned the moves to "Bye Bye Bye." Oh. I know for reasons unknown to man of science. And then Ashley had a crush on one of them, uh, Lance Bass. Everybody loves Lance, of course. No, everybody no, likes no Lance. but you know why that's ironic right uh I'm, i have a guess he's gay yeah that was my yeah guess. but he, yeah. but no one knew that when he he was like you know the heartthrob on any on uh i almost said NEP. yes lance bass everybody he's on the show uh and, and in sync and so ashley was all over him metaphorically speaking and then she found out he was gay and she's like oh darn so <laughs> oh well dad was the only one immune thank god I, I had to learn the songs because Ashley kept playing them all the time, but oh well. Yeah, it's forced, <laughs> it's forced knowledge at that point. Exactly. Listen, I want to get back to On the Road to E3. We're on the road to Summer Games Fest. We could start, we could start with that. That's our, sure. that's our new segment. Sure, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is Nintendo going to follow Summer Games Fest? It seems like they have a lot of stuff cooking. I, I don't know. I just want them to do a, a Nintendo Direct in June in general. Just they will. We, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we, we said that, but they didn't do that in 2020, the year we absolutely needed them. Good point. But at that point, they had nothing going on. They were, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that this year will be will be different. E3, I wonder how long the insiders and like Nintendo knew that E3 was going to be told. I'm sure they put together these presentations. They start putting them together months and months in advance. Yeah. All right, and, and also here is Skull Kid Scott. Hooray! Yeah. He's it's... here because he's angry about something that we'll be talking about later. <laughs> I have many emotions about things. Oh, yeah? That, yeah? Gonna make a joke about Will, but I shall hold back! <laughs> I shall hold back. Uh, but yes, we have a very interesting show for you today, so let's get all start off with What Have You Been Playing? <laughs> I will go first once more, just like the fourth time in a row, because for the fourth time in a row, I haven't been playing anything. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought for sure this past weekend I was going to have the time. And I'll tell you why I didn't have the time. I don't want to make an excuse. I want to state a fact. Uh, as you all hopefully know, uh, I mean, I really do hope you know, I, I make comics on the side. And I decided after going to a Comic-Con about two weeks back, Planet Comic-Con, that I was going to start looking for an artist to make another comic project. In while I'm doing other things, just because I had I had the money and I knew I could do it. On Friday, I made a post, and it, because it was like on a time delay due to uh, admin approval, I wasn't able to. 
it wasn't able to go up. So on Saturday, I'm like, you know, I'll just make a random post on Twitter. Maybe a few people will see it and I'll be fine. And I, this was right when I got done with work. I was like, let's just make the post and then I can go do my other things. And I was getting ready to play uh, Triangle Strategy. What happened? The next four hours were spent talking to people because the one time people see my tweets, it's about what I'm posting about an art job because suddenly they get something out of it. Yay. Uh, what's the word? Uh, communication or something. Community. Yay. So I spent four hours and it was almost, it was almost a complete disaster. I was cracking up. I saw that tweet. I saw all the comments. I can't believe how quickly people descend upon looking for an artist tweet. Like you I've... had like 30 replies in like an hour. And that wasn't even kind of the DMs. Like you did not see all my DMs, Tyler. Oh, I'm sure. I can't imagine. Oh my like... God. And I kept my DMs open because I wanted to, you know, make sure people would reach out. And I was expecting maybe five to 10. I got dozens and some of them didn't even respond to me. Like, Hey, do you look for an artist? I go, yeah, send me some of your stuff. Nothing came back. Other times they were just they just weren't the right kind of people for the job, um, but it was like I lost seriously four hours, and by the time I was done with those four hours of talking with artists and basically were getting either rejected myself or rejecting others, I was exhausted. I had to go and like watch an el- episode of Elementary on Hulu just to like calm down and kind of recharge a little bit, and then I just was I, then I was so behind on what I wanted to do, I decided to do everything else instead of playing games. And then on Sunday I got slammed with work, and I've been working ever since. So yeah, the only thing I've been playing is Faye. Um, thank goodness. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need something. I need something. Uh, also, I still haven't found an artist. It's been days. Still haven't done. Um, I'm curious, Will, who did you pick for the new uh, voting gauntlet? Uh, personally, for me, I, I just go with uh, Three Houses. I'm going to go with Ingrid. Okay, I went with Titania. <laughs> she is the boss. She is my OG, even though she's not the OG. She's my OG. And uh, yeah, Titania all the way. I actually so. got Titania too. Yeah! <laughs> See, Scott is a man of taste, Will. Man of taste. <laughs> yada yada. So uh, hopefully Titania will win. She will not. I'm already predicting it. Because... Yeah, no, she's losing to Ingrid. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I know she's a boss, but apparently other people deny that. Oh well, their loss and mine. <laughs> so I will not make a promise to you, ladies and gentlemen, that I will play a game this weekend because at this point, I don't even want to try and make a promise. I mean, to be fair, right now, like not since uh, Nintendo Switch Sports was released, that it's more or less we're back into that dry period until yeah. June, if anything else. So we're yeah, pretty much stuck. Be, I was supposed to be on Advance Wars. I probably would have beaten it by now, even with two games. But still, like I, I should have been playing Advance Wars at least a little, and it's not happening. And I want—I seriously, I—I I want to get back in Triangle Strategy to beat the Golden Route, even with you know Game Plus being a little more difficult than I was expecting. But like every time I try, like something happens. It's like. Fine, I won't play. Be that way. <laughs> oh well. All right, well, how about you? Uh, personally, for me, it's also been generally a light week as well. Like you, I've been generally going with just more or less been grinding orbs on Faye. And like at the time of this recording, we we haven't got the ca- the calendar update for the upcoming events. Obviously, we're expecting more regarding to like one obviously the summer banner as well as also a new banner coming up but who knows what when that will be so hopefully ho- hopefully sooner than later uh for me as well uh just been basically uh continuing on my backlog just going back into a little bit of uh lost judgment playing the kaito files and who would have thought that finding cats can actually improve your 
your alcohol tolerance. Yes, don't don't question that. That's that's how it is in the game. But yeah, overall, I do I do definitely do miss the, um, the combat of Lost Judgment. So yeah, definitely dabbling here and there. Also, just been dabbling a little bit, going back into the fighting game scene of um, Persona Four Arena, Ultimax, just getting my, my winning some victories and also getting my butt whoops many times over. So there's that, and overall, just oh, oh yeah, actually as well. Um, I actually did actually um, manage to go and. Also beat Hades one more time. Uh, did another run with a spear with um, at a heat level, I think on eleven. And right now, I'm at that point where um, like the, the gods are figuring out that Persephone is is still around. Perhaps I'm just learning that the gods de- definitely getting more suspicious in that point of the story. So yeah, just went through Hades just for the sake of it. So yeah, overall it has been like we just continue on the backlog. I mean, we are in another dry period, so nothing much as well. I just, I just want to note that line. Oh, I went through Hades just for the heck of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put it out of context. Yeah. I would show you. So, so, so what would you do this weekend? Oh, I went through Hades just for the heck of it. Yeah, nothing bad. <laughs> I mean, I heard the devil went down to Georgia, you know, so, you know, just thought I'd go down there. <laughs> All right, Scott, how about you? So, I guess three main games that I've been playing is, of course, Chrono Cross, which I finished the first playthrough, and now I'm on my second one which I like to call the completionist playthrough. Usually the first one, I just play the game. We get all like the story elemental characters. And the second one I do for all the characters that you have to do extra stuff for. Um, the second game that I've been playing is the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker oh, no. saga. <laughs> but really? Fun. I mean, the Lego games are fairly fun. That, that, yeah. I'll give props. I'll give props to that. Yes. Well, I heard this one was, you know, they improved some things, but like, even the ones who, who appreciate it, like Lego Star Wars, like sometimes just takes a little too much liberty with the comedy. Like I it... like its comedy. <laughs> See, I just said you were a man of taste, and then he did that. So like, it's already balancing out, man. Come on. But uh, yeah, which I think is fun. It's also because I can play it with my wife couch co-op, which is fun. Um, my third game I've been playing is actually one I wasn't expecting to actually, but I actually watched a YouTube video talking about this game and decided to get it. It's uh the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Impact for the PSP. Oh, oh, that one. Oh, Wait, okay, okay, okay. For the PSP? <laughs> yeah. What? I haven't heard that thing in a long time. Right? And for good reason. It was a, it, so it's a it's like the only Dynasty Warriors uh, Naruto game you can find. Wow, that, that's a sentence and everyone here again. I was and, gonna say, like that is a, that is a Mad Libs of a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't like sure, but I keep hearing people say it's fun to play, even though it's like a dynasty, like a Muso type game, and I'm like, sure it is. And I tried it, I'm like, this is actually really fun. I'm almost, <laughs> <laughs> I almost have it beat now. <laughs> like, Wait, yeah, there's like a Naruto Dynasty Warriors game. Believe it. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. It's so weird. Though I will say one complaint I have on it is they have Sasuke with four different outfits, but he has the same moveset in all of his outfits. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Sounds like Dynasty Warriors to me. Sounds like a lot lot of things. Even like like the they have like two different character like outfits for Jiraiya, but all of them play extremely different. But but Sasuke is over here just like I have all these outfits, but don't do anything with them. Uh, well, who's the developer? I take it wasn't Koei Tecmo, was it? It wasn't. It was CyberConnect too. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so it has uh, it has its uh, flavor of their ridiculously lovely animations. Uh huh. 
Never bring up the PSP on this show again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm always down for some retro game talk. I had my. Is PSP. that retro? We were talking. Yes. Were we just talking about what's retro? And you, yeah. You, you, uh, you and blasted me for GameCube with a PSP yes. is retro. I recognize the the counter to my own point there, but hear me out. The handheld games have a retro vibe to them compared to. I know PSP is not quite as retro vibey, but like. I don't know fire emblem awakening on the 3ds that's closer like that it it's it, like game boy advance games like those games i don't mm, know they yeah, feel yeah, retro yeah. to me even though they came out in different era i i fully admit that my point on that makes no sense i full i'm ready to admit it but i'm also ready to admit that i will never change my mind about what i qualify as retro and what i don't so he so in other words sorry not sorry rhesus yes exactly that exactly that <laughs> Oh, what a world we live in! Fine. Selective retro. <laughs> Tyler, make it. May just make state state your games. All yes. Right. So I just started at like forty five minutes ago. Elden Ring. I've been wanting to play this game. I bought it perhaps the day it came out, maybe the day after, uh, and I never played it because my PlayStation Jock. was missing its power cord, and then I couldn't find my controller, and then you know it was a side, and then I was playing my Nintendo games. So I just started that. Really fun so far, but I've only truly played it for like 45 minutes. So excited to jump back into that. Um, and then outside of that, as Will said, it's been a dull period and you're nothing really new. So I've been going back and playing some old Sonic games, Sonic 2, Sonic Mania. I've run through a couple of times. No. I I just, I can't believe, I truly, it's it's an all-time crime that Sega hasn't been able to greenlight Sonic Mania 2. Like whatever... Christian Whitehead and company are asking for Sega should just give it to them because that game is so great. It's one of the best 2D platformers of this decade. It's it's the best Sonic game ever, easily. The people who made it understand how those games are supposed to feel. They understand world design. I would just I would kill for even if it's like half the size. The Sonic Mania is actually like a fairly sizable game in terms of zones. Even if there's less zones, I just want another 2D Sonic game to come out soon so uh i've been playing that and trying to scratch that itch and not quite being totally satisfied because i play that game at least 100 times at this point but yeah that's been it it's it's been a quiet week for me as well all right well with that we will head on to the news so it's time to go down the war pipe and first we talk about the one the only Reggie Fisame! Because, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, his book, Disrupting... Disrupting? Disrupting? <laughs> Disrump... I mean, his body's ready, I'm just saying. Um, disrupting the game from the Bronx to the big leagues. Right? For the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it sounded weird when I said it. No, but Disrupting the game uh, is available now to get... You can get on Amazon and other places, and Reggie has been doing a massive tour to promote the book including on g4 uh they did a 30 minute interview on x play with reggie it's on youtube i highly recommend it we'll be, i'll be talking a little, little bit about what he said here and uh then excerpts from his book have come to light and they really dive into not just reggie's importance of nintendo but his views on the game industry as a whole so uh, i wrote about two things and then i'll let us talk about the rest uh the first one is easily the most important it's about mother three 
the most <laughs> requested game that and the game that Reggie goes asked about every single day of his Nintendo life, it seems. Uh, we now know the truth about Mother 3. And the truth is he did try to bring it to the West. He tried hard to bring it to the West. And he heard every single request for Mother 3. I, we promise, okay? So why haven't we gotten it yet? The answer is sadly Nintendo. Nintendo is still incredibly bitter about the lackluster release of Earthbound in the U.S., which was very much a flop, sadly enough, despite it being now an all-time classic and one of Tyler's favorite games ever. Uh, but he did note that they were trying about it, and then timing really went wrong. So here's what he said. Quote, there, were there was a serious conversation during the Nintendo 3DS days, and as we launched the Wii U, that we should look at making the game available digitally through our digital storefront. Because at the, that point, the production and distribution costs were at the minimum. We had conversations about having a group of games that were not localized, that it was pure Japanese game made available. And we, we did that for a number of titles. They did okay. Mr. Iwata and I had a conversation about Mother 3. What ended up happening is that we launched the first Mother game called Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U eShop. That's a sense of the conversations that were happening in the thought process. And who knows, if Mr. Iwata had not passed away... If maybe the Wii U had done better in the marketplace, maybe the Mother 3 game would have made it at that point. End quote. So... It's all the Wii U's fault. And a certain guy dying. <laughs> I mean, that's just wrong. I'm sorry. I mean, part of it, obviously, is still Nintendo's fault for not bringing it up sooner. But then right when they were like, you know, maybe we will. Then Iwata sadly passed away. And... The Wii bombed, and it's like, you know, screw Mother 3, we are, we're having enough issues. <laughs> that the equivalent of selling yourself as devil or something? Mm. <laughs> yeah, just, just li listening to this story, like, again, all these factors considering, again, the fact that we're talking about it, and of course, like, again, how we're going to bring it, like, on the, the Wii U Virtual Console, and of course, like the whole translating of like the unique dialogue in that game. I mean, that that part of the, of the um, interview definitely caught my interest. But of course, sadly, the, the event of a water's passing definitely threw a big wrench into all things, and now it is back into limbo, and we will never know if it will come back or not. Yes. Well, I, I do think going off of what Reggie said, we do have hope because on Nintendo Switch Online, they do have Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings. Like, they're out, they're right, Tyler? Yeah. That's what I thought. They're out right now. So, since they brought them, maybe. Well, it's important to note that Earthbound Beginnings was a Japanese exclusive game. Yes. Just called Mother in Japan on the NES. So, they translated that and brought that over. And they did that back in 2016, maybe it was 2015, but it was one of those, I was a senior in college. Um, and so that was a while back. But they translated it, they went through all the work, and they put it out for, like, pretty cheap on the Wii U eShop. So I would not be surprised if we saw Mother 3. Yeah. I, I, actually, I will go out and say, eventually we will get Mother 3. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And, yeah. you know, Nintendo's infuriating for it, holding, you know, the Earth, Earthbound's marketing campaign was a disaster. I believe yeah. it came out in 94, which is towards the end of the system's life. Like, 
there's just so many reasons that Earthbound wasn't a smash hit game. And, and even think, Reggie admitted that. Even Reggie was like, the marketing campaign was horrible, and it, it even it, yeah. So you, yeah. you're not wrong on that, Tyler. No, no, and and you know, I think Nintendo of Japan kind of holding that grudge is not shocking considering how all of these companies kind of do stuff like like you see Square Enix constantly bashing their own games that don't sell as well as they expected to. Like I don't know, I I do think yeah. that eventually. The demand is so loud that they will cave. I hope it's on Switch because I believe we'll get a GBA emulator at some point on Switch or whatever the next console iteration is, and it would make a whole lot of sense for them to do that. Yeah, the internet will break when it happens. I was like, yeah. we finally got Mother Three. <laughs> finally, trend for like, a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. I, I think I said this a few podcasts ago, but I want Reggie to return for one Nintendo Direct to announce Mother Three. Okay, that way he can go. So please stop talking to me about it. And if you do, what's wrong with you? Bye, everyone. Like, that's it. Like, he's gone. Just yeah, like, just like one quick cameo one appearance quick on cameo. Nintendo. Like, hello, ex-CEO uh, Reggie fils here. <laughs> yes. I know you all wanted Mother 3 when I was around, but you didn't get it. So I left, and now you're getting it. Here you go. <laughs> like, that's what it took. Uh, but uh, all right, now the other one I wanted to talk about was... Wii Sports, which is obviously very important right now because of uh, Nintendo Switch Sports. Now, the biggest and best thing that Nintendo did was bundling Wii Sports with the Wii upon launch so that players could get an example of what it was like to have the motion controls and work it in a game that was perfectly tailored to those controls. What you might not have realized was that Reggie was not only the person who gave that idea, he had to fight for it with every ounce of his being. Quote, I advocated packing Wii Sports with Wii so that every consumer would get access to this great content. After I made the suggestion, Mr. Iwata paused long enough for me to notice the faint buzz of the incandescent lighting in the office and get uncomfortable. Reggie, Mr. Iwata said, Nintendo does not give away precious content for free. We work hard to create special experiences. It is unique software that motivates consumers to buy our hardware, and we expect to sell these games over extended periods of time. No, we should not pack in Wii Sports. Mr. Iwata, replied Reggie. I understand the value of our software. I know unique software has always differentiated Nintendo, but we know that the Wii is a very different console in the history of video games. Wii focuses on unique gameplay. The goal of Wii is to expand gaming from its current niche to the mass market medium. Wii Sports has the power to do this. Wii Sports can be a unifying element for all players of the system and be a key motivation for people to buy the system and have fun immediately. Plus, Mr. Iwata, I know Nintendo has a long history using packed-in software to drive a system. I knew this from personal experience as I had bought my Nintendo Entertainment System with a bundle that included Super Mario World, end quote. You could also go back to the original NES where they packed in Super Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt. So, uh, yeah, and Reggie noted, even though I ended the quote there, there was a lot more to that story, trust me. Um, Mm -hmm. Reggie had to keep fighting for this for months. They actually even stated that uh nintendo wanted to do we play they had an early build of we play already oh. built Seriously, no seriously they had an early build and they said why don't we put this with it and reggie goes that's not the better content we need to show the good content right away and i think it was miyamoto who said you're you know he's right we sports is the better of the two right now <laughs> and that is why after months of discussion in the west it was bundled with the wii in japan it was sold separately Right, 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 right. And mm-hmm. that's what happened because Reggie couldn't convince them fully, but he got them enough so that at least in the West <laughs> they would bundle it. And look who was right. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, yep. It's just like to, to think that was, there was actually that was so much discourse regards to like yeah, pack, packaging Wii Sports. Like the fact that like you would not include a te- the, basically at the tech demo game that is supposed to be selling your system. And again, the as I said, the previous examples like Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt on the NES, and of course uh, we're going to the other bundle content is like yeah you oh it's pretty much an example you got to have at least one tech demo or even a a minor game to show off the technology and thankfully for reggie like yeah he he fought for it and boom best system of all time yeah for the most well 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 before before yeah before the switch but (laughs) and and for just in case you're like well how much was he right if you put in the bundles and the separate sales Wii Sports sold 86 million units. 86 million. That's a lot. <laughs> yep, and everyone and their mothers and grandmothers were talking about it, so yeah, yes. Exactly. Wii that Sports was, that... was by far the most played Wii game. <laughs> by far. By far. And it set the tone for Wii Play and Wii Sports Resort and now Nintendo Switch Sports, which we will talk about soon enough. But you'd think that this would be a no-brainer, but because of, as Tyler noted, like the kind of stuck-in ways of certain game developers... It wasn't the case. And, and and if you fast forward to the Switch, they didn't put 1-2 Switch with the game or the system, even though many people felt that they should have because it was basically a tech demo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I revealed the game. Yes, I revealed yes. it. Yes. And, and I know Nintendo would say yes, but it sold millions of copies. Yes. But if you bundled it with a Switch, it would have sold tens of millions of copies. <laughs> I'm just saying. It would have been the per- the perfect game. Like, I, I, yeah, I even remember the review I wrote a long time ago. Like, yes, this was the perfect tech demo game to include with the Switch. And the fact that you had to sell it separately for nearly full price is like, ugh, that that's a whole lot of sales missing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, Will, you mentioned to me that uh, Nintendo also talked about his current views on Nintendo. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, like, this one's a bit more, uh, yeah, like, interesting, because, like, as everyone knows, we discussed last week, we're going to the whole le- legal accusation regarding to Nintendo apparently union-busting uh, against a former uh, a- uh, employee, as well as regarding to how they view regarding to contract contractors instead of a full- uh, full-time employees, and basically, there it's it's quite messy there. So, basically, like, the, the news goes is that, like, it un- that Nintendo more or less treats contract workers as a quote unquote lesser than lesser than uh, full time workers. Like they just basically do not give any contract workers time of day. And of course, following up, we're going to last week's news. We're going to like um, Nintendo's uh, apparent union busting. Like even Reggie himself, like he was like said so in in his interviews. It says like this is not the Nintendo that I left. Right and. This just can imagine like what the heck is going on in the house of Nintendo, and of course, like again, like of course, obviously with the whole PR transitioning when from Reggie to ba- Doug Bowser, and that's the one thing I can't help but wonder: where is Doug Bowser in all of this? Like, <laughs> is he aware of the situation? Is he like his namesake bapping Bowser and just like doing this? Like evil acts. I don't know what I. I can't help but speculate what is going on in that house. Like, is Doug Bowser, is he the good guy or is he the bad guy here? That's what I wonder. Well, yeah. I, I would say that there's a. You know, this was a report from IGN. Cat Bailey did it, and 
it's a really good report. You should, everybody should read it. But I also think it's important to remember that there's always more context to these situations. For sure, for sure, for sure. Is Absolutely. understood. So like how much Doug Bowser is involved. Like I don't want to put, I, w- I would feel uncomfortable putting names to who is responsible. I'm not saying there's not a problem. I believe that there is. I mean, even uh, Kit and Krista from Nintendo Minute had right, left that right, job right, as a high right, profile right. departure in the public facing sphere. Um, and it was weird how they didn't really explain why they left. I do believe that there's definitely some, some problems going on in Nintendo of America right now. Um, but definitely read the full GN article um, to kind of learn all the, the information. Basically, a lot of the contractors are, are being forced to work long hours. They're not receiving the same benefits that full-time work receive or that, I guess, Nintendo proper uh, mm-hmm, workers mm-hmm. receive. They don't have access to these fancy facilities. It just seems like it's just a crappy, crappy job with no chance of promotion is like the big complaint is that you're putting in all this work and you're not. And for what, you know, you're just, you're getting a small paycheck and they're not able to, to bring these people to full-time workers. So it's, it's it, labor negotiations are always sketchy and there's always points to be made on both sides. Um, but this does seem like a major story that I think will continue to, hear about for the next couple of months yeah this is it's always interesting to hear um you know someone like reggie talk about the state of things and nintendo has had these weird stories coming out about them like this labor union issue and more (laughs) and you know like he said this is the nintendo i love like i would be horrified if i ran something and i left for you know personal reasons professional reasons whatever and all of a sudden like it changed heavily and like it's like a shell of its former self like that would be like my nightmare like i told i literally left you the blueprint on how to run it well and this is what you do so hopefully we do get that context as tyler notes but uh we'll we'll just have to see uh what in the x-play interview that i uh got to watch he talked a lot about his how his path to nintendo and why he was able to succeed well, again, I seriously recommend watching the whole interview. It's really great. But he noted that he really came at the perfect time because Nintendo was trying to revamp and do more and push bounds and different. That's where Reggie absolutely came in with his energy and his passion. You know, I'm all about you know kicking butt and taking names, and we're about making games. Yes, there's more profanity in there. I don't care. Uh, but his path was great, and he talked about the difference between you know being a mentor and being a teacher and um, what you like you in general out there might want need to do to go and uh, be in the gaming industry. If, if you want to be like a Reggie, which I have noted, I I do at, if I am lucky and he does give some great advice on that front, but the, it's the little things that you'd never expect to hear from Reggie. For example, he was asked about the best worst game <laughs> and he said, Donkey Konga. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, good answer. That's a great answer. Yeah. And and I loved how he said it. He goes, as an executive, I hated Donkey Konga. And he didn't he said it was like he you felt it would ruin the Donkey Kong franchise. He just didn't think it was that fun. But you know, they had to he was kind of forced to release it as head of uh, NOA. And it did well enough and thankfully Retro bounced back and or uh, and took it to a new level with uh, country and re- returns and tropical freeze. Um, he also said his favorite non-Nintendo game is Halo. <laughs> yeah, and, and Microsoft and Xbox were having a field day on that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because of his kids. His kids, like, this was before he got he worked with the Nintendo, for the record. Um, 
the Xbox had come out, and his kids had told him to play get to get Halo on, on the Xbox, so he did for them, and then they would play together, and of course the kids would kick his butt. So, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and then his favorite games of all time are Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past and Breath of the Wild. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, funny enough as well. Like just a compliment on that as well. Like we also had another uh, WWE uh, former WWE Hall of Famer also talk about that Breath of the Wild was his favorite game as well, which oh, yeah. is. Stone Cold. Everyone's running with that. I don't believe he's played it. I think, okay, like, I'm not going to get into the conversation because it involves a wrestler I am not very fond of right now. Cody Rhodes. But, um, ooh, I want to do, I want to cut a promo, but I can't. Uh, oh, I have a promo ready. I do. But, like, he goes, oh, yeah, Breath of the Wild all the way. Like, you you haven't played it, Steve. Just, just, just stop. You, you haven't played it. Okay. Cody's Perhaps played not. it. I know Cody has. He's a, he's a, he's a famous Legend of Zelda fan. But I, I highly doubt Steve Austin. I mean, come on, does he look like the guy? <laughs> Beer drinking, four wheel driving, I play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's cut off. He cut back on the tricking now, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you clearly haven't seen WrestleMania. Anyway, um, but yes, Reggie's book is out now. Highly recommend getting it. Um, if no other reason, just to support Reggie, because Reggie's been great. Reggie's always been great to us. He's always been open and honest and everything. Not everything he did was a success. I actually surprised G4 didn't bring up Wii Music. I totally would have. <laughs> I would have totally done that. I would have been like, so about about Wii Music. <laughs> but uh, go go get it. Get it, get it on, you can get it on Amazon. And uh, if you do, let us know what you think. All right, next up, we have Switch Sports, which, as we talked about last week, was getting middling reviews, which is you know, kind of typical for a sports game like this. But in sales, apparently it's doing absolutely incredibly, especially in the UK. Because as one insider put it, as I am bringing up Twitter right now, which I totally have up. I totally have the poll up, right, Tyler? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nintendo Switch Sports opening week is almost eight times bigger than Just Dance 2022, six times bigger than ReFit Adventure when it launched, and more than twice as big as uh, Mario Party Superstars. All of those games had relatively soft opening weeks and went on to deliver big numbers. So, yeah, apparently the UK likes Switch Sports. Who knew? I'm guessing it's because, again, the fact that it is going for that whole casual market, and again, like P- the general audience basically knows uh, Wii Sports, and they go, oh, is this the secret to Wii Sports? Okay, I'm going to get it. So, yeah. And of course, football, of course, so why not? <laughs> I was really surprised by this. Um, uh, to me, Switch Sports is like a basically repackaging of Wii Sports that didn't really push the envelope forward at all. The reviews have kind of said the same thing. Uh, and I feared that the the gimmick would have run its course. And yet, uh, when I took a taken taken a straw poll of casual gamers in my life, they were all like, "Oh my gosh, that's out! Absolutely, I would love to play that." So I think that uh, Ring Fit Adventure sold 11 million copies. I can't imagine. I still can't imagine that Switch Sports will end up achieving that. But it does seem like if if the UK early uh, numbers are any indication, we will see massive sales for this game i do want to note though and i know will back me up on this um there is no doubt in my mind that part of the reason that ring fit adventure sold so well is because of the pandemic oh for sure for sure that's the reason i bought it because again we can't go out that's the reason i bought it i still need to get i need to i need to just buckle down and get it i'm not doing i'm not doing enough working out and i i want to i want to be fit ish fit ish all right uh, I'm not gonna change. I'm not gonna change my eating ways, but I can exercise more. 
So <laughs> there's a story of my life. Uh, but like that, and like even they noted that like, it had like a kind of a soft opening. But then once the pandemic hit and no one could go to the gym, everyone's like, you know, the Switch thing might actually help me with my exercise. It worked with Wii, so why not with Switch? So, eh. We haven't heard any numbers on uh, Japan or the U.S. as of yet, but I would bet that it's it's obviously going to sell at least a million. Like that's there's almost no doubt. About yeah, going to be in that million uh, million soccer like, club. The, yeah, the, the, the casual audience, especially with over over we had like 110 million consoles sold. There's going to be that one percent. But gosh, that is one percent, isn't it? One percent, one percent of 111 million is one million um, of of players. They are gonna they're gonna get it. So stay stay tuned for that. And also, just as a quick PSA out there alongside the Switch Sports, like, have we not learned from history from the Wii Sports era that, nope. yes, apparently not. So if you haven't seen it already, apparently history is repeating itself. So this is just a PSA reminder to put your wrist straps on. Because apparently we've been getting news that apparently Nintendo Switch Sports is costing users their, and breaking their TVs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. It's just like, again, like, uh, it's in that old saying, if you do not learn from history, you are destined to repeat it. And lo and behold, we, uh, Nintendo Switch users are repeating that history once again. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk about, like, history, history, we all remember the videos. All right. Like, I'm talking OG G4 around the net videos of the people on the with the Wiimotes breaking their straps and br- shattering their televisions or putting them into the wall. And uh, remember that? Do you remember the cop video? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. there was a there were cops investigating a robbery or something, and they stopped investigating because there was a Wii in the house, and so they started playing the Wii instead of doing their jobs, and it was caught on the house's camera. Uh. It was there was a scandal, but it was also infinitely hilarious, uh, which shows that even cops like to play the Wii. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real look it up i promise um but yeah like you, you, just when you thought nintendo would get away from that staying on this i mean not that big it's, it's more the player's fault but still like where are the wrist straps please exactly like do not do not go on prepared like oh i want to be cool i want to take the risk no no strap no wrist straps on no, you got you got to break TVs. You got to break your 4K TVs. Whatever, like yeah, wear that insurance. Wear your wrist straps on, and it's just like, come on, do not do not play that game. Literally. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, we'll be talking more about controls a little bit later in the show. Foreshadowing. All right, I've talked now about something. I've t- talked about things that Tyler doesn't like. Let's talk about something that Tyler does like. <sighs> Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> oh, how do you know I like Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, just a feeling, you know, you know, you and me, BFFs, and all that. <laughs> so, uh, best foes forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just came to me, I swear. Um, but yes, we have finally, finally gotten a first look and hearing of Sonic Prime, the upcoming 3D animated series coming to Netflix. And I will say really quickly, I think it looks good. I think it sounds good. Tyler, take it away. Yeah, it was really just a quick, quick teaser of Sonic running, and they did a nice job with his legs. I felt like specific, like they really looked like they're like spinning like wheels. Anyway, um, and then uh, the voice actor reveal of Devin Mack is playing Sonic, not Roger Smith from the games, not Ben Schwartz from the movie. He just says a quick line about being cool and then runs away, and that's the end of the trailer. It's just a 
really, really like, quick snippet. The thing that was most intriguing to me is Devin Mack's voice, which I think is a great fit for the character. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he does in the role. Um, and I, I just, I heard some adventure era tones went in his voice when I, I listened to that clip. And again, it's really only two sentences, so it's hard to glean too much. Um, but I think his performance seems rooted in that GameCube era Sonic, uh, which I think is probably the best Sonic. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for it. The uh, animation looked great. The gre- I guess it was Green Hill Zone yeah, Green in the Hill background. Zone, definitely. It was beautifully rendered, very detailed. Uh, so to me, this was like a big step up compared to Sonic Boom, which was kind of had a cult going. I never watched it. I was never into the designs and the sense of yeah. humor from the clips that I saw. I heard um, it was better than you you would have imagined. Like yeah, but, it just depends on who you ask. Because yeah. I had one friend who like loved it, like loved it, and then a couple others who were like, "This is trash." I just so, want to note that they had an episode where Amy and another girl got brainwashed by Justin Bieber. Really? That is, that is canon. Wow. It happened. Wow. Well, yeah. Well, my, I mean, this is a, a, a sidebar, but that, that's the Sonic thing I didn't know. Another Sonic thing I didn't know. In the Archie comics, do you guys know what Sonic's full name is? What his first name is? It's uh, not Sonic. I actually did know this at one time. Go ahead and tell me. It's Ogilvy. Oh, I did know that. They talked about <laughs> it on a death battle. First name. So that was, that was a, another fun Sonic fact. But yeah, check out the trailer. It's really, really short. I'm sure we'll get a longer one later. But if you're a Sonic fan, just another big piece of media to be excited about. <laughs> it's truly a renaissance, folks. Say it fairly, Tyler, this is possibly a renaissance. All right? Re- no, renaissance, no, no. renaissance is multiple things. We have the no, movies. No, no. I will give you the movies. Sonic Prime has not come out yet, so you cannot fully judge. Sonic is dominating culture right now, Todd. Oh, he is dominating culture. He's got a TV <laughs> show. He's got a hit movie. TV show coming out. The, the Sonic Frontiers is on the horizon. This is a goal that we might we are entering a Renaissance age of Sonic. Only we had Sonic Mania two coming out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Only Mania two. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to mark down this date five five twenty twenty two because when this all turns uh, pear shape, I will cite this podcast and this date, and Tyler will not be able to deny what he said because he's like, "Oh, Golden Age of Renaissance, and Front- Sonic Frontiers is bad, and Prime isn't as good as, as it could be." And you know, maybe we we, we hear that the the Knuckles thing is canceled. Not that I want that. But not that I want that. You are a hater. Hater. <laughs> hater. You call me a hater. I agree. I agree that this could blow up in my face, one hundred percent. This could easily blow up in my face. I neglected to mention Sonic Origins, might I add, but <laughs> I, this is such a high, a high point in the Sonic. It, it just—I've been through so much, so much negative, so much sadness, so much misery. I know. And finally, there's some joy, and I'm just going to lean into it. I'm just going to enjoy the joy. And I, if it, it blows up, it blows up. But for now, this is heaven. But t- Taylor, yes. as as your best foe forever, I want you to revel in the joy. I do. But as someone who has been burned myself by various things, including the Serena return in Pokemon Journeys, I don't want you to be hurt by this. You are in so you you have the momentum. You have Sonic one and two movies. You know best the best uh grossing video game movies of all time. You have that. No one can take that away from you. But you're like, oh, Sonic Frontiers. What was the last great Sonic team game? And you're like, oh, Sonic Prime. It hasn't come out yet. And 
uh, Sonic Origins, maybe. You know, I was like, you have you, you're almost grasping for that gold ring, and then Robotnik's <laughs> gonna come over and go wham. <laughs> the only thing that could ever make it the pinnacle of perfection, though, for Sonic, is if the Chow Garden ever came back. Yes. There you go. Oh, if you yes. get Chow Garden, I'll give you the Renaissance. <laughs> Okay. Listen, Chow, Chow's appeared in the Roblox, another form of media that Sonic is dominating now. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, Roblox has finally made it to NEP. <laughs> listen, listen, you can all of time. mock Roblox. Oh, yeah. I've mocked Roblox in the past. It's where a lot of kids play Roblox. Brilliant idea to position Sonic there and put Chow in it. They have Chow in it. I just want to note, I, kn- I did not know what Roblox was until about a year ago. That's I fine. swear. <laughs> I was doing a script for one of my jobs, and it was like, top 10 games on Roblox. And I'm like, what the heck is a Roblox? Then I learned about it. I'm like, how have I not heard about this? And then I watched it, and then I go, oh, this is why I haven't heard about this. Oh, and now Kim Kardashian wants it to die, so we all know that's not going to last. Dying. <sighs> I want to cut a promo on the Kardashians now. Thanks, guys. Um, next up, we have Zelda. Something I'm happy about, mostly because rumors, yes, rumors, I know, are coming out that Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD are going to be coming to the Nintendo Switch. With our luck, darn freaking time is what I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just mad that we're probably going to get them before we get Breath of the Wild (laughs) 2. You know it's true. At this point, A.G. Onuma is going to do another video. Hello. I know you probably expected me to talk about Breath of the Wild 2 today, but we are not. So here's two remasters for you. Like, stop it! Just <laughs> give us the key! Like, it, we're just at that point, like, yeah, unfortunately, this is that Nintendo Switch trend. Like, oh, another port, another remaster. Yes, let's just bring all our old libraries into the Nintendo Switch now. Yeah. It's like, we're at that point in the, in the life cycle. Like, okay, let's let's just get everything, let's get, make those old classic titles into the Switch library. And like, okay, we'll, we'll, then we'll give you the best new stuff of Breath of the Wild 2. I'm not complaining about this. This is great. I would buy this immediately. And, I mean, a Wind Waker is a great game. Twilight Princess is a great game. Yes, oh, for I sure, bought for sure, for sure. ports of both of them, but I don't have them on my Switch. I'm not. It. It's just. I, I know it's laziness, but if the game looks slightly better, just being able to take it portably to take those great games portably, that's worth whatever. They'll charge sixty dollars for it, guaranteed, and it will be overpriced, but it will also be kind of worth it. So maybe it's not overpriced. I will Maybe we'll say... be lucky if they go the Skyward Sword out of 40 bucks instead. Uh, mm. And also, yeah, how about we ke- we use those amiibos and actually be able to use it here as well. So, yes. So, break that, break that value as well. Yeah. I don't want say... content behind amiibos. Yeah, I will say that because it's been so long since I played Twilight Princess, if it comes to Switch, I might consider it just so I can be re- reunited with Midna once again. I don't know. But, uh... I'm just, the the article I'm looking at makes an interesting point. We have gotten so many remasters and HD ports of Zelda games in the time of the Switch. We've got Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition, The Link to the Past remake, Skyward Sword HD, and now we might get Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. All before we get Breath of the Wild 2. Why? (laughs) Why do you do this to us, Nintendo? It's important to have your library on one device. Yeah, and then they're going to do that every time. Why? It prints money! <laughs> Alright. Speaking of Breath of the Wild 2, I argue, I have to tell you, you have to take this with a grain of salt, but it is a very interesting thing nonetheless. Alright. 
The Italian voice actor, I swear this is the tr- this is the story. The Italian voice actor for Daruk from the original game has made a comment that has gotten a lot of people talking about Breath of the Wild 2. Because he, the Italian voice actor, implied that not only will Daruk be back for Breath of the Wild 2, but that the actor will also be portraying Daruk's ancestor in Breath of the Wild 2. Okay, then. Interesting. Yeah, again, take us a grain of salt. Because it, it, it raises a lot of questions, including why Daruk would be back, even though his spirit passed on to the to the notes in the afterlife, after Link freed him, and they beat Calamity Ganon. So, make of this as you will. Well, voice actors do have a history of revealing projects. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, notably, with yeah. Melia's voice actress. Yeah, J- Jenna Coleman. Revealing that. So, I, right. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what it means for Breath of the Wild, but it's intriguing. It is intriguing. I mean, if the if it's true, like so, do uh, uh, have they listened to the feedback of like, are we gonna get finally get more exposition, more story, like with Age of Calamity of like having having all the history of these beloved characters? If these if this uh, if his uh, statement is true, then yeah, like okay, like I I definitely would not mind that. Yeah, be more age, like Age of Calamity for sure. Well, the the theory based on the lore is that the ancestor of Daruk would be the one of the original champions that were talked about in the very beginning of the game, like with the tapestry, I think it was like 10,000 years ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like okay. that ancestor, like one of the original true pilots of the of the Divine Beasts. And maybe that, so there's going to be time travel, which could make sense based on the different looks of Link uh, that we see in the trailers that we have gotten, as well as the broken sword, of the, the broken master sword. So, I don't know. But it's very telling that we've learned more from an Italian voice actor than we have learned from A.G. Onuma. I'm not bitter. Not bitter at all. <laughs> a little bitter. All right, next up we have, we're going to talk about this a little bit, Square Enix. They're just selling their properties, though, aren't they? Oh, boy. So, yeah. Uh, in lieu of everything that has been going on, Square Enix is selling some of their properties to get into the NFT market, right? Like, that's how they, they said that? Um, They're getting into the blockchain. The blockchain is basically yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, so yeah, they, they sold all of their... We- okay, so Square Enix, much like other companies, they're an umbrella. They have certain companies under them, and they sold their Western studios in Crystal Dynamics and Eidos to the Embracer Group. That just sounds horrible. Okay. The embrace. Like the embrace. The embrace. Sounds like a villain group. Exactly. Like in a video game. <laughs> it's like you think you can stop the Embracer group, Mister Bond? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I expect you to embrace the hate. Wrestling reference. Um, but yeah. So, and recall that Crystal Dynamics and Eidos currently own the rights to properties like Tomb Raider, which was just revealed to be getting a new trilogy. And Deus Ex, which hasn't been around since Humanity Evolved, but still. Right? Humanity Evolved, the last one? I think it was Mankind Divided. How was it Mankind Divided? Thank you, Will. I I never played either, so I I, I just want to make sure I got that right. But yeah, they sold those off, so they have lost those properties, and they say that they're doing this to get into the blockchain market. Um, Yeah, and even analysts are saying that this is a head-scratcher move, especially since, again, those franchises, especially Tomb Raider, have done incredibly well 
for Square Enix over the last however many years. And uh, <laughs> like one analyst even noted, quote, the problem I have with the scenario is that 300 million for a company that generated well over 2.4 billion last year doesn't feel like a great haul at all. It's not a great it's haul. It's, they pretty much sold it for pocket change. Yep. They're disrespecting their companies that way. Yeah. It, it's just, like, again, like, when when, the, when these games were originally came out, like, they, they, they clearly sold more, more than a million, million units. And, they, and, they, and Square Enix said themselves, like, it performed under the expectation. A million units is under expectations. It's like, geez, Louise, what, where are your priorities at? Like Their expectations it, is a big Final Fantasy drop. I think every single yeah, like you want to be like a make. ten, you want like a platinum seller, like ten million units. Come on, like and yeah, like for I'm kind of like wondering if they're gonna if Impulsor is gonna be um treating these uh IPs uh respectfully again. Guardians of the Galaxy, Deus Ex, and Tomb Raider. I mean those classic titles and again they have their niche audiences and no doubt about it people will love to see these games come come back to life again especially i mean tomb raider the, the, the i even played the reboots tri- reboot once and the, it's actually pretty solid it's just like the way that's going with like square Enix doesn't know how to handle this the series in my opinion and hope here's hoping it ha- has a future with this new owner but it's current right now. It's very hard to say. Like, hopefully, they would treat respect more than Square Enix, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think Square Enix really knew what it was doing with its Western studios, anyway. So, <laughs> well, and then of course there was the Avengers debacle. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Now right. that one can they can fairly say they went under expectations, but that's what happened. You read, released a buggy mess of the game. Hey, that I game mean, was really good. That got really good reviews. Like, it was a good game when it played well. The problem is it didn't always play well. It was a bu- it was a buggy mess that didn't play equally. It wasn't. I'm, I'm looking up after a few months of optimization, it started to play a lot better. But they definitely needed more time. Yeah, I, I yeah that. Up. I do play some of their newer like when they release new expansions because their expansions are pretty good. Like their Black Panther one was fantastic. Yeah, it's got an eighty on Metacritic. Like that's good. Hold on, it's I'm not like, great, on. but it's good. It could be better. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the PS4 one. That guy is 67. With the user <laughs> with a user score of 4.9. Yeah, it's a yeah. It got it got it probably the user scores probably got downed a lot because people didn't like it as much as they were expecting it to be. Yeah, well, the that, PS5 again, version is 8.7 user score. Better, really but, so it's it's very much like a cyberpunk issue. If you have like the better consoles, they probably <laughs> played better. But if you have the lesser, the quote lesser consoles, cyberpunk was bad no matter what you got it on. No, if, if you had a high powered PC, you were apparently fine. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's <laughs> you true. Had that the was PC the only version. Way. You could optimize it a lot better. Exactly. Too. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, but uh, this is very weird, and I I don't know, and and of course the irony of this is like right after they made the sale, like the NFT market crashed finally. <laughs> So, Hopefully it keeps crashing. It yes. should not be e- anywhere near even in the millions of dollars. It should just yeah. go to the thousands and just die. It was it was a cash grab, and now they're finally starting to realize that it took them about bloody time. All right, and finally, better news. Platoon 3, which again is coming out September what was it, 9th or 7th? Uh, I think it was around that time. Okay, either way. I thought it was the 19th. I don't know why. No, no, it was earlier than that because I made the September joke 9th. About, September there 9th. There you go. Because I made the joke about summer and fall. Yep, yeah, September 9th. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, they have confirmed via Twitter that all the weapons that you had in Splatoon 2 will be in Splatoon 3. 
So if you had a favorite loadout that you want to start out with, you're probably going to be able to do that right out of the gate. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to like bring like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And yeah, just bring back old classic weapons. I'm, I'm yeah. just glad I can actually use my splash shot junior once again. I'm happy. I'm happy. I love yeah. that Will just uses the most basic, like underpowered gun. And it works. You dominate. <laughs> you dominate with it. You're, it not, works. That not That's a compliment. You make yeah. that thing. I've played with you. You're incredible at Splatoon with that gun. Yeah, I I don't I don't try and you know min max or whatever. I use what works. I try when I get uh boost. I usually try and get ones that allow me to conserve ink. And then I do the the end zapper eighty five or eighty nine, and dual wield it. And I try and just flat as much area as I want. And then I have I usually do the uh the spotzuka special because uh, uh, that covers a lot of ground. And I sometimes the basics work. The ba especially in Splatoon, you can get kind of overwhelmed by trying to think the perfect strategy whereas i'm just like i'm supposed to cover ground so that's what i'm going to do <laughs> yeah i'm just looking at, at the twitter from Splatoon north america and like in other words it may not be the strongest or the most accurate weapon but you can mash the zr button like you're mashing potatoes <laughs> like i don't know why they had to go with the potato pun but i don't know it, it was pretty <laughs> funny yeah yeah because you can mash potatoes I can I can see you rolling your eyes, Will. Yeah. So you could say that uh that joke went splat. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yada yada. All right. So uh hopefully we're gonna get more on uh that soon because we are only a few months away. Mm -hmm, Let's see. Mm -hmm, May to mm -hmm. June, July, August, September. Uh, yeah, three months away. So we'll see. We'll see. And finally. Literally, we were literally. This is like almost breaking news, technically. Um, <laughs> right before we started recording, I was having issues with my computer, and then Will comes up and goes, "Oh my gosh, we got a Battle Strikers trailer!" And we're like, "Wait, what?" But yeah, for real, for real, for real. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you're probably seeing it. Hopefully, in English, we only got to see the Japanese version. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, but yes, Battle Strikers did get a new trailer, and they showed off the gameplay. They showed off some new and whatnot so uh will and scott you seem to enjoy it the most so why don't you take over <clears throat> i just think there's a lot of cool features that they showed in the trailer um they showed like applying gear to your team being able to switch off different teams on the fly and also even be able to like fight your same team and they had like a club slash clan system kind of deal they were going on but i think one of my favorite features that they showed in the game was using your party members as collateral <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that that way that just like okay like actually using a team member it's like oh uh, hey give me a boost kick me okay that's <laughs> like like okay like talk about using your, your feet and using your partners you know in that sense but yeah just they, they included so much in this trailer like yes at the time of recording it only is in the japanese audio but like they showed off like yeah the new mechanics of using your teammates as well as the new uh, hyper shot, which once you charge it is only uh, available during a special charge ball, it seems like, and just how how to implement. It. Like, it, in my opinion, it still feels a little bit tad more like slower than like like the last entry of Strikers Charge back on the on the Wii, but uh, overall, it just seems much more like has a lot more personality to it like the the first thing that actually remind remind me is like it, it kind of adapted that same personality from Rabbits. I feel like from Mario and Rabbits, because like once you attach, attach um, different armor set pieces, like they react um, accordingly. So 
that's what I get. It definitely uses up a lot more personality, and that's a short of uh, the current. I believe the current set character list, which is including Toad as well as um, like also including Waluigi, like definitely the the main cast, but like and not including Daisy. But I hope hopefully she'll be added later on. But yeah, uh, from ca- the equipment sets to of course like the clan making system, including like. Like the team uniforms, and include uh, as well as like your own. Once you have made your client, you can actually set your um, like home base, like your design. Like, do you want to be like Japanese style samurai, or do you want to be like a European style? Like, basically, make your um, clan system as uh, very unique as possible. So, like, it, they definitely are trying to push for the more uh, online function to it. So that overall is like definitely showing off a lot of promise. And, of course, we will form Club NEP when the time is right. But uh, I don't know. What? I, oh. I don't know about this whole club. Can I be part of more than one club? I don't know. Uh, I, I would imagine. <laughs> I, mean, I would imagine just because there is, it's highly improbable that you'll be able to be with the same three people all the time. That's I mean, like, true. Like, but think about can, it. So the club's going to be up to 20, 20 people. This there game, you go. everybody I know is, like, stoked about this game we've all like grown up playing it together so having it the new one with a club of up to 20 like we're gonna have to get a an extended any club because <laughs> I, I, I there's no way i can limit myself to just one club <laughs> like i'm i'm don't know that about that probably release more information as we come down the line but i like if anything else, it just wouldn't make wouldn't make sense. Like they only just limit you to one clan. I mean, granted, that's kind of like what a lot of games, multiplayer games, have, have been doing these days. So maybe limit to one. Maybe you could actually switch out, like given a twenty four hour notice. I don't know. So who knows? Who knows? Well, we'll we'll see. But again, stay tuned for that trailer. Hopefully, in its English version, we'll learn Still a little no bit. Daisy. More. Huh? Still no Daisy reveal. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I get they show Rosalina, but no Daisy. Like, come on, Daisy's is critical. Come on, Rosalina's better than Daisy, but Daisy's still critical. You need Daisy, and you need Pauline, and you need like Bowser Junior. We haven't seen him yet. Oh yeah, I would hope that there's like two more rows of characters that they haven't shown. Like, I want to play Strivo. I want the deep cuts. I want the the old Hammer Bro better be in this like he was in the other games. Give me boo. Ooh, like they they need more with the roster. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. I agree. Like if, if anything else, obviously gonna do DLC things and probably gonna do the whole season pass of like yeah having these characters. It feels like, but yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I I know we're supposed to go to the main event now, but I have more breaking news. Okay. Oh. Right. Well, kind of. I mean, Will knows what I'm about to talk about. He just retweeted it. There is apparently a Fire Emblem Three Houses Fodlin Tea Collection set. <laughs> what? Yeah. There is yes. There. yes. I swear. It has uh, the male and female versions of By Leth. Depend- By Leth? Uh, depending on which one you want to get. It, 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 there are two different tea sets. And yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yes, you can. Uh, yes, so basically, there's two different editions of this uh, select tea brand for Fire Island Three Houses. One of obviously male bottle and female bottle, and I believe one also includes with the cup. I'm not sure. I I need to check yes. on the details. But basically, with uh, Three Houses design, and we're going to the female bottle. There is particularly unique brand teas of the th- of the four major houses, including Ash and Wolves. So yes, you can finally drink tea uh, via the game of drinking full good. 
a black eagle's Earl Grey or black teas. <laughs> Wait, doesn't that mean that Picard would be a black eagle? Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> Dark Shark reference. We're going and, all the references today. And at the time, yeah, last I checked on the price rent market right now, like, oh, oh, it's all currently available to um, pre-order on Ami Ami, and right now it's set at the price of uh, roughly at nearly $40, but of course, add that with uh, shipping and all that, so yeah. Yeah, be more of that. So if you want to get the full set, it is base price of, 60, of at least, uh, let's see, uh, 40 yeah, at least $80. 80 is about, it's about, yeah, $80. I just want to know, I used to stress so hard during those tea sessions, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, yeah. I honestly, I did not know what the word admonish meant when I first heard it, and I, I'm a writer, I know, I, sh- I should know all the words, but I didn't, and so I, I kept using admonish wrong. I thought it meant, like, something different, it's actually like a put down, and so I would see, like, the lady I was with, whether it was, like, you know, Manuela or uh, Catherine or, uh, crap, who's the archer, Will? Uh, the archer, um, Shamir. Shamir, thank you, Shamir. You know, I, like I would do admonish wrong, and suddenly they were like, "No," and I'm like, "Crap!" Because like, I can't redo it. So, oh well. Oh gosh. <laughs> I wonder if tea time is going to be back in Three Hopes. <laughs> oh, of course. yeah. I think oh, I think gosh. they should. I think they announced that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I don't know. So. Oh. All right. Uh, and now, now, seriously, we're heading to the main event. Thank goodness. Um. In lieu of what is going on once again with uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, we decided to look at the controllers of Nintendo and how they have gotten them in a way where fans have not exactly been happy, nor do they remember them well. So ladies and gentlemen, it's time for yet another session of Things Nintendo Got Wrong. Controller edition! Yes, we are only talking about controllers today, and each of us are going to go through and talk about the controllers that we either hated to use, think were dumb, poorly designed, however you want to phrase it, this is what Nintendo got wrong. So uh, this is actually why we brought Scott on the show today, because when I t- when I posed the idea, which I swear at- started out as a joke, then I'm like, yeah, we know what, we actually haven't talked about that on the show yet. So, and he goes, yes, Nintendo, Six, Nintendo 64 controller 8. <laughs> so, Scott, take it away. Alrighty. So, to clarify, yes, I do not like the N64 controllers. <laughs> um, so, for the most part, one of the reasons is I've gotten a lot more into, like, hardware, into tech. And when you go back to, like, the technology of the N64, it was uh, special. <laughs> yes, the, it was. Yeah, it was, yes. The joystick was, was yes. terrible. <laughs> It's really hard. I mean, there's. it's really hard to find a good and functional N64 joystick. And that's because of the way they were designed. They were really badly designed. Because when you look at it, it's like the little corners, the edges, like the hexagon kind of deal. It doesn't feel right. And when you like mix it around, because it like kind of smushes around the edges, it's a lot easier to break. So that's one of the big things that like I hated the joystick so much. But at the same time, the N64 games heavily heavily relied upon that the way the joystick functions and even that since i actually have a usb n64 controller that i use when i used to like when i play n64 games on my pc for emulation or anything um so it's really interesting to like go back and like look at some of like the older controllers just so you can see like what was done well what was done bad and n64 i don't think was done well at all 
<laughs> I think I can. Yeah, I, I, I'm almost in the same cap as well as well. Just because, like, back then, like, okay, we have this three prong controller. It's like not it's obviously the far cry from the usual two prong of like all of the controllers of that time. Like again, we came from like the. As the NES, the SNES, which is basically a single brick, and just you only need two hands. But now we have this like big thing in the middle for control stick. Like, okay, use the D pad, use control stick, and then we have the, the usual buttons. It's like, okay. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you going to the whole control stick just because, like, one, it, it, yeah, just like it, when you examine it pretty closely, it was just like, it was so flimsy, in, in my opinion. Just like, as I said, it could be easily be broken. I've realized, like, you, 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 you remember those times how much when we had to, sp- like, basically spend 360 sprint? Mario Party destroyed the All the time. <laughs> and you see this, like, the, the plastic dusting of it up. It basically makes sawdust. I know the wrong term, but it basically makes sawdust from that control stick. And it's just like, oh my god. They had to clean it, all that. And of course, like, breaking, aside from breaking your S64 controls, you also break palms and all that. It's just like, yeah, I mean, granted, we were in that technology, like, and control sets were basically evolving from that time period, but geez, Nintendo had, that, it felt so much rustic, in a sense. It's just like, wow, how the heck we came from that? It, it was not a pretty control. I mean, it was fine to hold some of, like, the, like, the, the prongs. Yes, they weren't, it wasn't a well-designed feature, mm-hmm, 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 but they were pretty sturdy prongs. They the joystick were. and the R buttons were uh, flimsy. The Z button, oddly enough, was really good. I like the Z button. I like the, the Z, Z button. The Z button was like the best thing on that controller. <laughs> I mean, I still remember like my days on playing Golden Eye 64 and just, just using that ass, the, the little trigger. Like that was pretty much again the the, the, the precursor of the Wii mode. Yes. Well, <clears throat> so I'm going to defend the N64 controller a little bit, and I, I agree with you overall. Going back to it, it's not my favorite controller, not by a long shot although i actually think it looks exceptionally cool it's like a it definitely has a design that i maybe it's just nostalgia but when i see it i'm like oh that's pretty sweet but we have to remember that 3d gaming was kind of new at this point and nintendo was so used to controllers that only had d-pads that the idea of adding the analog stick i know that they had already added an analog stick with their original uh what i guess dual shock um but the this the first, Nintendo's first effort in releasing a controller like that. So if they had just decided, hey, we're going to cut out the D-pad and we're going to double down on the analog stick, I think we would have seen a more traditional controller. But I think they were still kind of working out the kinks of what it means to have a controller for 3D games. And that kind of leads to the weird design that we see today. Some stuff on there, like if you really, if you really just look at the controller and you like focus on the button place, it's not that far off we have today right like it's not that far off from the gamecube even with a and b and the 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 e buttons kind of replacing x and y but it's it's not it's not super bizarre until you kind of put it all together and look at what came afterwards so i agree with you it's not my favorite controller but i do think there's some good stuff that they did to it with it that led to future improvements i just think you have to start somewhere and they started with this odd shape but kind of cool looking thing 
I mean, yeah, to be fair, we went from that to the GameCube, so... I like the GameCube controller. That's what I mean. I mean, we we went from, like, one of their worst to one of their best. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to know, I never had a single problem with my N64 controller. I loved that thing. It was my first console I ever truly owned. Um, And I, I never, I don't, I think maybe, maybe I had the plastic cover on the joystick come off, but it never broke. I only had... I guess I technically had two because I have multiplayer and all that. But I only had two controllers. I never had to get a new one. And I will stand by that controller. It is a hill I will die on. <laughs> one of many. <laughs> so I'll go next. Um, I actually want to cite two. Well, there's not it? that many controllers. I know, but <laughs> don't, don't, trust me, you're, neither of you, none of you are going to pick one of them. I guarantee okay. that. All okay. right. And the other one, it's just, I have to mention it. And Tyler, I do want to apologize to you. Uh-oh. This is the thing I told you earlier you're going to be mad about. Oh, are you going to say it, the GameCube controller was bad? No. Uh, no. Yeah. I, I, was it odd-looking? Sure it was. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's almost it like... It played a whole lot better than it felt. It did. It, but, yeah, once you... Once, like, I, I really think, like, with, for most of these controllers, if you... They look weird at times, but once you, like, get used to them, they're fine. Like, look at the Wiimote. It's a rectangle. And, the <laughs> you know, a little joystick thing that kind of fits in your left hand, sure. And it looks like, this is never going to work. And then you actually get into the flow of things like, okay, this is fine. You know, I felt the same way about the GameCube and the N64. Do they look weird? Sure. Do they actually work when you give it a chance? Yes! So, but the exception to this, and this is why I have to apologize to you, Tyler. The sole exception, the one that never worked, and I will die on this hill as well, was the 3DS extension controller for Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. It was. <laughs> that game had such a crampy hand style for the controller that they had to make an extension just to try and release the hand cramping. It's real. Look it up. <laughs> what? It's true. Look it up. They had to make an actual, like, uh, you put it, it was almost like a platform. You put the 3DS on the platform and it gave you like an extra two inches so that your hands would be separated enough for you to control the cramping game that was Kid Icarus. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Like, no. they had a release that extended, like, I, I agree with that. That's that's definitely, yeah. that's that's a good choice. Yeah. All right. But the, if I want to talk about the real one, uh, I want to talk about the Virtual Boy. <laughs> Uh... you're right i would not have ever thought of that (laughs) because if you you think about it the whole thing was the controller and i mean that in the most basic of ways because i remember and i never owned the virtual boy but i played it at the toys r us that we used to have rest in peace um and i remember it was just the weirdest thing i'm like wait this is a nintendo thing and i would play i think they i played like wario land i think and you know it had like the red and like that was supposed to be like revolutionary and then i remember because of how it was set up it wasn't like a vr headset where you could like attach it to your head and move around it was all rooted in one thing so you had to place it down put your head against the visor and then uh, have your arm a certain amount of head ahead of you and then you could play it and so if you're like one like a person like me where i want to get animated when i play you know because i'm like reacting to stuff i almost ripped the thing out of the kiosk because it's all one thing and as we all know (laughs) virtual boy sucked like i i get why they were what they were trying to do and everything okay i'm actually really looking at a picture of it apparently it did have some leeway so it might have just been the 
the Toys R Us kiosk. Okay, it did have a little bit of wiggle room, but not that much. All right. And I'm like looking at a person playing it right now. It's like, wow. No. And, and the, the controller, of course, is attached to the headset. So if you yanked it the wrong way, you're pulling the controller out of the, out of the port, which obviously, yes, you could do with other systems, but I highly doubt it was, with the exception, of course, the uh, NES Classic was that close to the system. And I just, why? <laughs> Everything about this thing is why. Why did they go like this way? And, and even if you look at that controller, like just the controller for the Virtual Boy, it almost looks like one of those space invaders. You know, like one of the aliens. It like it has like the eyes and everything. It's it's actually quite creepy the more I look at it. Actually, scaring me now. But like the whole thing was horribly designed. Like who? Th I want to know why. <laughs> They thought this was a good idea from the headset to the red colorings that could make you go blind to the controller and everything. Like, why? <laughs> Just why? Like, it, it was definitely one of the weirdest controllers Nintendo has ever done. Like, the, the I'm, I'm still trying to remember the details of it all, but like, again, this, this was definitely clearly before my time, but yeah, just like the way they. Okay, put on the on, and then the control itself. As I said, yeah, it definitely had that Space Invaders alien design, which... Yeah. Okay? <laughs> like, it was so weird, definitely, like, nothing... Like, obviously, with um, the classic of the Famicom or the uh, NES controller, which is just a simple rectangle, and that was it. But no, you had to go unique, like, okay, had these curves, all that, with your buttons, yada yada. It's like, okay, it looks like a Fisher-Price toy, which practically it is. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good comparison, though. It does look like a Fisher-Price toy. I, again, though, I will say, like, this is... When did Virtual Boy come out? Like, uh, 90s, right? Yeah, it was so, 90s for sure. Yeah, mid-90s, I think. Yeah. But maybe 93. Like Ni oh, it was discontinued in 96. So it was probably... Oh, here we go. It was released in 95. Oh, and wow. discontinued in 96. That didn't last that long at all. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Here, here you go. The Virtual Boy was panned by critics and was a commercial failure even after repeated price drops. Its failure has been attributed to the high-priced monochrome display, unimpressive stereotype, stereoscopic effect, lack of true portability, a sign of things to come, and health concerns. Health health <laughs> well, remember, like the red screen would allegedly yeah. make your eyes bleed. Yeah, <laughs> and it was I supposed to be revolutionary. To, mm. to defend the controller a tiny, tiny, tiny bit, I, you, I like the idea of the two prongs, right? That's kind of new. There it would be taken further with the third prong on the N sixty four. The the two D pads is a choice. For sure. Like, why would you ever use the one on the right with A and B being action commands? But it, it, there's some optionality there. I, I don't like it. It's a bad controller. But a slight defense for the time that it came out. Slight. Yeah. Like, like I know this is easily like one that... Like, if you thought the Wii U was bad, technically the Virtual Boy was worse. I mean, at least the Wii U had a cycle. The, the the virtual boy lasted a year, a year ish. Wii U, yeah, <laughs> like everyone's like nothing could be worse than the Wii U. Well, here's the virtual boy. Like at least at least the Wii U never had health concerns and a warning label, you know. So yeah, re remember that. So like yeah, that's the one I remember. And I'm like again, I'm looking at these pictures and 
uh, like seriously google virtual boy go to the images and you're gonna see the, these people and kids and adults like hunched over a table so that they're they're like like they're one foot below the visor with their controller and it just looks so uncomfortable all right and obviously they haven't gone back to this path again maybe that's why they haven't done vr is because they're like well we did the virtual boy look how that went <laughs> we tried vr in the 90s yeah you did yeah. it in the 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like we have psvr we had the virtual boy good for you <laughs> so yeah so yeah that 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 that's mine I, I had to go real that's real retro tyler that's real retro yes it is <laughs> all right tyler how about you so I, there's a few controllers that I really dislike. I will give a shout out to the original Wii had like a, well, what I call it a pro controller, but like a traditional controller attachment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, the, I remember. Yeah, you could plug it into the base of the Wii mode and then yeah. play. Like, Wasn't it called like the classic controller thing? Yes, it was called yes, the classic yes. controller. That thing stunk. That, speak of, <laughs> speaking of Fisher Price toys, like that, the buttons didn't feel good it was super tiny very like good for hands the it just it, it made no sense how little effort they put into it and yet they still released it like the wii or the um the switches pro controller for example is the wii u pro controller wasn't great but it was decent like i don't know how they didn't achieve that level of decency with this thing anyway it was awful my kind of, my true least favorite is going to be the wii u gamepad and oh yeah I, wow I, it, it's not a button layout issue, right? It's not totally uncomfortable to control, even though it is a little big. It's not it's not the worst thing to control. But the whole Wii U is based around this idea that you had the screen and you could interact with the game on the touch screen and then it would do something on your big screen. And on paper, it never made sense as to how that was going to change gaming, right? Like, how is that going to make games better? Star Fox Zero is an example of how it failed. Like, throughout... Every even like Wario, where Game and Wario, like these tech demos, and the Nintendo Land had some decent ideas, but very shallow, very gimmicky, and just not fun. And Nintendo realized how not fun that screen within the screen was immediately because they almost never used it again. Like the best games in the Wii U are Super Smash Bros., Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, Super Mario 3D World. Those games all didn't use the second for anything outside of like same thing with mario kart like that was such a waste of money and such a waste of an investment even if it wasn't the worst thing to control that controller was so bad it almost destroyed Nintendo. like I, I have no idea what they were thinking about that i didn't get it at the time and i never got it since given that the idea guys behind it also never re- like if miyamoto who was a big in favor of this was able to release a game that was like truly wow this is innovative, this is really changing the game. Maybe I feel differently, but he made this controller, and, and the, the R&D team made this controller, and they never knew what to do with it. Like, they just had no idea of how it actually had practical implications, because it didn't. It had no practical uses. So, to me, that's the worst controller they've ever done. Wow. I mean, I do agree with you on some points, because they definitely didn't make use of the two-screen dynamic that much. I gave it a pass at times because I just liked, and this would set up my love of the Switch, I just liked playing on the controller. Mm. I I liked not having to look up at my TV and having to have 
like because of how my room is set up, my TV in the back of my bed is like about 15 feet apart. So because of the, the Wii U, I would have had to sit closer to my TV just to play, except when I was in handheld mode, then it didn't, ha- then it didn't really matter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and of course, when I with the Switch, I play only in handheld mode. So that works for me. Like that was definitely like a good part of the appeal. Like I still remember my 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 family ha- basically hogs the TV and like okay I can just play it on my on my Wii U gamepad. Like that was perfect. Like as long as I keep it plugged in, it it was definitely a unique product and definitely a, like a controller in a sense. Just because like okay I actually play the game on my controller and like. I, the, the best example I could think of right now is like with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like, okay, like I could actually play this thing along with the mapping, and like because a lot of people always think that the Wii U game is basically used as a map feature, which definitely it, it serves as purpose. So, I definitely had my fair share of good moments with the Wii U gamepad, but at the same time, I can I, I can sympathize with Tyler. It's just like okay, like it it definitely had that um how how to describe it. It definitely felt like a very more left field based kind of, of controller like both it wasn't that fully fledged hybrid uh handheld console that we come that we now know with the switch so it was definitely um a divisive one to say at least yeah yeah and it, it, it screen displayed games at 480p like it, mm. it, they didn't look terrible but that's just low low quality like i i i i i certainly games on the gamepad while people were watching tv and like in that way, it was semi-serviceable, but that was never my preferred way to play the games. It's just like so much better on the big screen. Like, why? And then you just, you're stuck in one room; you can't really move anywhere. It's like, I, like I, I appreciate that you got a lot of enjoyment out of the top, but to me, it's just like just set it up on the TV. That's like, fine. you can't you can't go out into the other room and play it on the gamepad anyway. So you might as no. well like once it's set up on the TV, it's set up on the TV. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah the the yeah, Wii U had to fun. crawl so that the Switch could fly. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, Will, take us home. Uh, I pretty much already gave my my thoughts already. Beginning, we've gone to N sixty four controller, but I guess like if there's one controller that I really did not like, ah, shoot. Like I guess it would. I would argue maybe the Wii U can not not the Wii U. Uh, actually, would even argue maybe the Wii controller. Like, oh. and a lot of people will probably say like it was definitely the more unique one, to, just because again one it was a basically a TV remote and basically it was like the the precursor of motion gaming that everyone in their family wants to get get it. But I guess it's just like the reason why I just. I had my fair time, but at the same time, I just didn't like it in a sense. It's just because maybe it was just like the whole, like maybe that the motion control technology was still pretty infantile until they improved it later on down the line. Like I enjoyed like its simplicity. Like it, it was very minimalistic, just the plus, the minus button, and of course like the one, two. That was it. A, a simple remote controller. That's pretty much it. But for some odd re- reason, it just like. Maybe it was like too minimalistic. I was so used to like the good old standard, like okay, carry two in my hands, like have that like something that was like pretty beefy. I, I like something like like very steady and won't break as easy. And the Wii remotes, like while I did enjoy it, like 
minimalistic and of course like the light gun aspect of it all like yes the trigger button very very fun and all that i just can't help but feel like it was just a little bit too like a left field in my in my opinion like like the the nunchuck control and once you attach it with like the wemo and nunchuck like I, I it somehow um negated that uh, that aspect because like once like you sh- went like with galaxy you shake it with the nunchuck or like the wii sports all that that was like pretty much the perfect example but i don't know maybe, maybe i'm not i'm being too difficult i apologize but detailed as as i like to be but it just feels like maybe it, it was because of that transitional period from the motion control age that's like maybe i just didn't enjoy it as much i mean don't get me wrong i still have fun times with it. it's just like it was definitely um transition period for nintendo so arguably i say the wii remote was definitely a control that was uh a little bit of a, a fumble but again it's it's so much so i could I, I could be absolutely wrong on this one so you're saying they needed to weed out the kinks <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. Right. But again, it was a it was a system seller and all that. So who am I to judge? Yeah, and we all, and as Tyler noted, the gamepad wasn't for you. Nintendo, <laughs> 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 uh, please drop some bombs already. We can't have all these punishment from this guy. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, you will handle. You will. You will endure. Will you will endure? But. With that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast, and I will not yell at Tyler tonight, because he was not here last week, so he did not set up a poll. So you are spared this time. But you will make a poll, because now you you at home are going to vote on Twitter about which of our picks is indeed the worst Nintendo handheld, or sorry, Nintendo controller. Actually, we didn't talk about any of the handhelds, which actually goes to show how well those were made, more or less. Um, which Nintendo controller is the worst? Is it the Virtual Boy, the N64 controller, the Wii uh, Wiimote slash Nunchuck, or the Wii U Gamepad? Or feel free to comment about which one you hated the most that's not one of our four. And of course, let us know what you thought about uh, the Square Enix deal. Do you think that, that was a good move? What about the Zelda remasters? Do you hope those are coming? Uh, did you see the Sonic Prime clip? Are you pumped for that? And what did you think of all the comments from Reggie Fisame? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Tellius Tyler, Skull Kid Scott, Warrior Will, I am Triforce Tyler. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at time. We are not allies. He made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. <laughs>